Hello, and welcome to the Theological Family Ministry Podcast, a podcast for parents as well as children and youth ministry leaders. We are dedicated to showing how theological study and biblical application relate to the discipleship of children and youth. As always, we're hosted by Pastor Ben Palaz, the pastor of Family and Children's Discipleship at Curtis Baptist Church in Augusta, Georgia, and Tony Trussoni, the family and student pastor at Faith Family Church in Finksburg, Maryland. All right, Tony, it's that time again. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. It's unseasonably warm right now. It's uh, uh, Here in Maryland, it's in the 60s today and was in the high 60s yesterday. Uh, so it's been nice to be able to walk outside in February. Uh, you know, it's normally colder than that here, but where I'm from in the northern Midwest, it's normally like sheets of snow by now. Uh, but I imagine <laughs> it's like 100 degrees down there in Georgia, right? <laughs> you know, we haven't quite hit that threshold, but uh, it was in the... I think it got to the 70s yesterday. It was very nice, and uh, it's it's pretty nice today, too. So um, that's just how it goes. Um, so did you catch the Super Bowl? I did, yeah. It was a pretty exciting fourth quarter. Uh, pretty boring first half in a lot of ways, but it was a lot of fun. So how about you? I did watch part of it, and then they were down. The score was 20 to 10. I was looking at the, the odds of you know who would win, and I think the 49ers were up in the 90% uh, category there. And my wife and I started watching something else, and then I, I kept checking. I thought, wait a minute, this is changing. So I did miss the dramatics at the end, but uh, it sounded like it was a good game. What a football I, fan, not even watching the whole game. Well, you know. Um, <laughs> So, Tony, how much meat did you eat? I know you're you're a big meat connoisseur. Did you have something special? Yeah, I I always do meat on the Super Bowl. I'm trying to limit my unhealthy meats and stuff. I'm I'm actually on a diet now, and I've been losing a little bit of weight. But on Super Bowl Sunday, I always make Italian beef, which is kind of a Chicago area tradition, and it is probably the most unhealthy thing in the history of planet Earth. So it was not uh, good for my diet. How about you? Uh, no, I, I didn't do anything special. Actually, I had to buy a computer, uh, you know, prior to the start of the Super Bowl because Windows 7 support was ending and had a computer that was still rocking on, but for security reasons. Uh, so that was really the most special thing I did for the Super Bowl. Uh, I thought for a minute when you said that you're going healthy, that you, maybe you were going vegan or something. Um, and I, I was about to just fall out of my chair. Um, but no. no. Speaking of such things, Tony, do you like to garden? Do you think I like to garden, Ben? Yeah, you can't plant bacon in the ground, can you? No. Um, do you like to garden? I I like the idea of gardening, and my wife likes to garden. Um, she's gotten into planting some flowers, and then she likes to plant vegetables and things that then we can, you know, bring into the kitchen and eat. Uh, but we're certainly not pros at it. Um, I just more like the idea of putting something in there and putting the work in and, and reaping the benefit. I've just yet to do much of the effort part. <laughs> but to, that brings us into our, our topic today. We have a gardener or a, a farmer of sorts um, who. He is uh, into planting and hoping for a harvest, but um, we've got a special guest today, Jason Hauser of Seeds Family Worship. Jason, welcome to the TFM podcast. Thank you so much, Ben. Tony, it's great to be here with you guys, and that was just such an interesting uh, metaphor kind of moving us through that with the Word of God there. I was kind of like, okay, we're... (laughs) Well, really the things we like, we we like to focus on the Word of God and veganism, so... We do. (laughs) 
I didn't see that in the fine print on the podcast. I missed that. <laughs> Debate and switch, man. Yeah. Tell us just a little bit about yourself, uh, about Seeds Family Worship, how it got started, and what that ministry is all about. All right. Awesome. Well, yeah, thank you guys for having me. It's so cool um, to get to be a part of a ministry um, that I'm a musician, and we write word-for-word scripture songs, and so I get to be uh, writing God's Word, and the ministry is actually 16 years old this year, which is amazing to think. I, as we talked before a little bit, I mentioned that you know I've been doing this long enough to actually grow a band. So when I go out on the road now, my worship team are my my kids and nephews and niece. And um, but it's amazing how God has used the ministry. But it really was born out of the church when we lived in Franklin, Tennessee, just south of Nashville. I lived in Nashville for 20 years. Um, but originally, I was born in Idaho, and that's where I'm back here now, close to family. But the season when I lived in Franklin, I was just serving in my church, and I was working with a new artist, a guy named Matthew West. And he was a kid, just just got out of college, and I heard his voice, and he and I started writing songs together. And I was working with him on a, his new album, and at the same time, I'm serving kids at my church. And our children's ministry director said, hey, would you write some, I know you're a songwriter and you you work with writers, would you write some songs for our vacation Bible school? I wrote a curriculum and here's five verses. And those five verses actually ended up being the beginning of the first record of the, the first Seeds album. And at the time when I was working okay. with Matthew West, who now many of you know, listening to this podcast, that he's one of the biggest Christian artists, but he was just, you know, getting his start back then and and so was I. And so I, but I wrote the music kind of in the same style, like a pop rock kind of hooky musical style, like I was writing with Matthew and came into Seeds. And, but when we did our vacation Bible school that summer, I stood on the stage and there was about a hundred, you know, kids and teachers there. And I saw all the kids and teachers singing the songs word for word. And it was just amazing. Like I really saw how the power of music, how God wired us, where music can really help us worship God, but also learn. And of course, the history you guys know of how music has been used throughout the generations and in the Bible to to memorize and learn and learn passages of Scripture. And, and so we've taken something that's really been happening since the beginning into a modern context. And now we've done uh, over 200 verses of scripture that we've actually put to music and we lead events and get to go out. And the mission for Seeds is we want to um, get God's word to as many hearts and homes as possible around the world. And we do that through music and then multimedia. We do videos and then we partner with other ministries and do books and things. But our mission is to to use music as an access point to help families get God's word into their hearts. Yeah, uh, our church I know is also deeply blessed by Seeds Family Worship, and we do kind of an outreach uh, ministry in the summer, VBS-ish, uh, yeah, uh, but a little different. And we always will uh, use Seeds Family Worship songs with that. Uh, I, I think it's a really helpful resource for us. So, but I want to ask, and why did you decide to compose songs based solely upon the words of Scripture? Was it just so you could kind of st- uh, skip the songwriting uh, part of making music? <laughs> I assume not. <laughs> uh, or why did yeah. you pick the musical style that you play when you do put these great uh, verses of Scripture to song? Yeah, is it because I just didn't like to work so hard on the words? Is that what, are you just calling me straight out, Tony? I heard that. Okay. Yeah. It does cut your job in half, I guess. Well, well, people say, 
Well, I'll say a couple of things to that. One is, you know, people say this is such a great idea you had to, to write songs to Scripture. And like I, as I shared my testimony about seeds, it wasn't my idea. You know, it was just serving at my church, and it was actually my children's ministry director's idea to do this. And so I was just, um, I was literally just an instrument. You know, kind of it was dropped in my lap, and and it seems like it's an easy thing to do, but it's amazing how challenging it is to try to. As a songwriter, you know, there's a whole flow and how things sing and how words come out of your mouth and you, how they dance with the music. And when the words are really just there and you can't move them, it's easy to get stuck. You can write yourself easily into a cul-de-sac yeah. <laughs> and, you know, to, to try to make make them um, work. It's it's It can be very challenging, but also so fulfilling to get to... Mm-hmm be a part of just writing the word and especially like think about writing psalms you know it's just amazing writing songs that were saw obviously songs in another language originally and then were they how they come to life it's it's pretty neat to be a part of that process but tony to answer your question about you know how do we decide the musical style one of the things that i love about writing seeds and people comment about our music um is we're not stuck in one musical style and so we can just because we don't have to be like an artist in a you know kind of be in a in a lane we can just i look at each scripture and i think about the kids and the context and of course if i'm writing songs for a vacation bible school they may sound different than if i'm writing songs for a curriculum or just for an album but i really try and especially through the years i try to do this more and more just like you guys do with theology but to create a context around the scripture to a feeling for where it is within the passage. And so like a lot of times verses, of course, would get isolated and get taken out of context. Mm-hmm. Like Philippians 4.13, you know, famous verse, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. And when I wrote that song after kind of studying through, I was like, you know, really writing Philippians 4.12 and 13 will really give the context of this passage to put it more in line with what the intention of scripture i know what it is to be in need i know what it is to have plenty i've learned the secret of being content you know whether well-fed or hungry whether living in plenty or in one i can do all things through christ who gives me strength Mm -hmm. so the secret of contentment what we find in christ that no matter what our circumstances that god's outside of circumstance so we can walk through that and so i feel like it was important to like yeah let's make that verse 12, the quote-unquote verse of the song, and then let's make, I could do everything through him who gives me strength to the chorus and try to create this context. And then <clears throat> to create that, and actually, Matthew West continued to work with us with Seeds and has been a huge champion of Seeds, and he sang on that version of that verse, Matthew West sang the the vocal on that song um, that we did. But, but anyway, so I try to take each song and each verse and try to create both musically and and with the verses that I included, try to create a context so the kids not only memorize the word, which we want, and families, but we want them to understand. That's the greater goal, is to help the kids to have an understanding of the word. I th- I mean, Tony and I have done a, an episode on helping to, to teach the point of a passage to kids and to youth. And mm-hmm. so I mean, we really appreciate that concern for you know the context, because... If, if we were to take one sentence out of this conversation, it may not completely make sense without looking at the broader, you know, what was going on. And so that is, uh, I think, just really helpful. How much uh, 
scripture has it helped you to memorize personally? Because you, you mentioned earlier, uh, you know, 200 different verses or passages, um, but it, maybe there's others that have been in the works, and it, has it just sent you into memorizing God's Word more in general, and has setting it to music really helped solidify that? I mean, it, it definitely has, and I mean, it's so cool for me. One of the things I'm most thankful for in being part of Seeds is because I've spent so much time with these scriptures, I've sung them, they can just flow out of me in conversation, you know, just like we're talking about these verses. When when we store up God's Word in our heart, you know, it gives us strength, and it also, I think, for the Holy Spirit to be able to draw these things out of us, it's like we're we're getting, we're equipping ourselves. Um. And so definitely, I don't know if you're going to, did you want me just to roll through all 200 verses, Ben, real uh-huh. quick? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Is this a test? I thought maybe you are going to pull up this guy. Yeah, if we're, we're just going to run through the list here and go, okay, go. <laughs> yeah, here we go. It's amazing because one of the things that I've learned, you know, being a part of Seeds is I saw the statistic that, you know, we know the, the lyrics to over, the, the average person in America knows the lyrics to over 2,000 songs. That you can just have that. And it's one thing I believe how God's wired us with music, right? And you don't think about it. Of course, there's probably some songs. I don't know about you guys, but there's some songs in my life I probably wish I didn't have memorized, right? I'd like to I'd like to click delete this file in my brain. <laughs> but so we don't have to put an effort into it. They just get in there. But but when it's the right thing, that's what's amazing is is it's not like it's hard for, for parents and kids to to learn these songs and to sing these songs and work at it like you're studying for a test. We just take them in and then we're able to have these, these verses, you know? Um, but Psalm 119 says, uh, you know, how can a young man keep his way pure by guarding it according to your word with my whole heart? I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And so that's just a great passage that encourages us to say, and for us as parents, too, with our kids, it's like when we help our kids store up God's word in their heart, it's going to give them strength to make the right choices, to make good decisions, to not fall into sin. You know, so there's also great rewards. Like you can have fun learning the songs through music, but there's great rewards in having God's word in your heart because it actually strengthens you, builds your character. And for parents, it helps equip our kids for the things that they're going to face. Amen. And I think that segues really well into our next question, actually, which is how can scripture memory, even by using seeds of music, benefit families together? Well, yeah, I mean, like like I was saying, when it, it does give us power against sin. The other huge benefit for families is, you know, for parents, we're trying to um, <clears throat> train our children up, right? That we're, we're not supposed to exasperate our children, but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. And so how does that training take place? Well, and it's not being like negative with our kids, but well, the Bible says you're in trouble, you know, marching in there with your Bible, but it's, it's tying discipleship and discipline to God's word, you know, and like the scripture that says, don't let any wholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful in building others up. And so a thing that we've said in context is, hey, is that building up your brother or sister? You know, are your words building others up? And so you're tying this discipleship and discipline principle to the word. Hey, God wants us to be using our words to bring life, you know, to others. And so are your words bringing life? And so you can actually um, use the scripture in discipleship and learn a scripture together and then bring it back in, in time with kids 
in part of your training and instruction, you know, so it becomes something that's just part of the, really the culture of your home, right? That your culture of your home is there informed by scripture and the music um, can get everybody on the same page. It's like, oh, I know this song. You know, one of the, I love the testimonies that when parents will tell me, oh, we were in church or we were at this situation and someone said this verse, it's like, mom, I know this song. That's in the Bible. Like when the pastors, you know, get, nice. the kids are excited, but it gets all the families on the same page excuse the pun, but gets them all together, you know, in the word that like, oh yeah, we know that verse together as a family. And so I think that's a great benefit to families is when you can come to those verses and it's part of your, the culture of your home. Let's shape that identity together. And even like just uh, having the words of God ready in moments of correction or encouragement or these kind of things. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can't only speak Bible verses, but when you can, I mean, it's the actual words of God, thoughts that God has spoken. It's funny. Um, with our family recently, we were, um, we've been studying uh, Joshua uh, in family mm -hmm. worship, and we had memorized uh, a, a few verses in Joshua together, actually through song. Uh, and um, the and our kids, you know, when we went through uh, some of the verses that we memorized in Joshua and family worship, it just our kids mm -hmm. got all pumped and excited, you know. Oh, oh yeah, this is our song. This is our song, Daddy. Right. <laughs> and it's just really cool. Yeah, they make that connection for them. It's like, yeah, this is it's in there. You know what I mean? Like the, yep. they they kind of see the words and then they know the song and they connect that and and the light goes on for them. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, just a little bit of feedback that you've gotten from families and from listeners. Uh, what other kind of things have you gotten from them as, as far as the impact that it's had in their homes and in their lives? You know, one of the neat things that happened for, for me last year, one of the highlights of the year was, was getting to go out on a Trust Jesus tour with our family. I've mentioned that briefly earlier, but to get to hear testimonies of how God has used, you know, just getting these songs in, in families' hearts, but several testimonies where um, there's been like a really intense situation, like in the, with one family, they had they were in a car accident, and and it was a serious situation, but one of the, the children... When a young boy was quoting scripture to his mom in that moment as they were waiting for the police. And they were sharing with me how, like, Seeds has been a part of our lives. And in, in this most, like, dire moment in our lives, and we just needed an encouragement that my son was able to bring the encouragement not to worry, don't be anxious, you know, but pray. Because God's going to be with us, and, and God is with us, and, and it just w was sustaining them in that moment, you know. And so... To get to hear stories like that about really, it, it impresses me. And I mean, it's so profound how oftentimes the kids are using the verses to the parents. It's more like, it's not the parents that I quoted this verse to my child, but it's like, my child shared this verse with me at this moment. <laughs> and and so those testimonies um, are, are just so encouraging to me and inspiring and amazing how, yeah, the, the kids really are, there's an understanding in their hearts because they have to understand it to be able to apply it in that moment. I know uh, my kids have listened to the songs on the Lullabies album a few thousand times, probably uh -huh. <laughs> going to sleep. Um, and then my my youngest son, um, he's just now, or he's kind of listening to a little music, um, you know, as he's going to bed. And so I was doing just some instrumental stuff like piano lullabies, and then I, I want some words. And I said, "Well, I know just the thing." And so anyway, he's he's been listening to that. But uh, that's awesome. I, you know, what greater way for them to go to sleep than just hearing 
who God is, his promises. And so, I mean, I just would say thank you for, from my family. For the next question, I actually did want to ask something, and we'll edit this out. I was wondering, uh, for when we do post this episode, uh, would it would we be able to get permission maybe to just put like a 15-second clip of one of the songs uh, in the intro? Uh, it would kind of fade out on the 10-second mark. We do that sometimes with some special things like that. Like, especially if you use, I mean, you can use any of the songs, because we have permission to use them all. The songs that are like of the for the past, like, you know, back half, like the newer songs, especially like when we were doing some of the earlier songs, I, I used to write for a bigger publishing company, Warner Chapel Music, you know. So every once in a while, we'd run into a little something, mm-hmm. but that really hasn't happened for a long time. And okay. so, but any any of the new songs, we have all the rights to all to all the songs. That's so fantastic. you won't have any issues. And And we want you to feel free to use as much as you want. If it adds energy to the podcast and it's great for people to hear the music, you know yeah. what I mean? So just feel the freedom to to DJ Tony this thing full okay. force. Cool, we'll do. <laughs> uh, if, if that's the case, uh, you know, our intro, uh, we really appreciate the person that provided us the kind of intro music we do, but it doesn't really as much, I mean, it's pretty obvious it doesn't as much fit the tone of what we're doing. So it might yeah. uh, be helpful for us long term as well uh, beyond this episode. So I appreciate that. It, it, it's, it's a little serious for seeds. <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know what i mean because i listened to it and i was kind of like man I'm, am i a little too wild for this podcast when i listen to this song yeah we're not quite that sedate <laughs> yeah now then you guys start talking i'm like no we're good it, yeah it was that or spend a few hundred dollars <laughs> I, I get it well you can you can use seeds yeah definitely so i appreciate that so great wonderful <laughs> Uh, and why is it so important that parents invest in their kids spiritually and sow the seeds of God's word into their hearts and minds? Well, one of the things, you know, for for my wife and I, and as we've been, we're the parents of three children. Our oldest is two boys and a girl. Our oldest is 21. Our Ben, our middleman is Brandon. He's 18. He's a senior. And then our daughter is 15, about to be 16. And she's a sophomore. Um, but one of the things in our parenting journey, and as I teach on parenting in different times, um, I really share so many of our failures and shortcomings, and we we have definitely just made so many mistakes as parents. Okay, so I always I always like to disarm other parents and say to to put any any kind of leaders on you know on a pedestal about parenting. I mean, it's just one of the most difficult things that we do, um, but it is one of the most rewarding, and definitely it is a calling. I believe it is the most important thing, you know, as far as um, having children is to teach them about the Lord. And so so to have that discipleship, I think for us, even though we've had a lot of shortcomings, I think the two things that we've done well is, one, we've always prayed for our kids. You know, it's just having that prayer. But the second thing that we've, that we've done is we've always known the goal of parenting, is we know we want our kids to have a relationship with Jesus. We want our kids to have their own relationship with the Lord. And so we've been praying for them, and we've been living our lives in a way like that's a priority over other things in life. And so to answer your question is like, however we can get into God's Word, and we have a family night. Like one of the things that we do is we have a weekly family night, and we have to fight for it. We don't even do that every week, not even one night a week, okay? So we're in family ministry, and like we're not killing it, okay? But there's discipleship opportunities all the time. 
but we really try to make it a priority to have once a week and we we have spiritual family time and we pray together we talk about what's going on in life and we're, we typically try to have something we're working through together as a family whether that's a book we read or um just there we've done different things over the years you know when our kids were younger, it's the Jesus Storybook Bible or other things. But my encouragement to parents is there's nothing more important than for you to help your kids have that relationship with Jesus and making it a priority. And there's things like sports, music, extracurricular activities, even school, and then thinking about college and future and all these other things that would just know, hey, our kids walking with the Lord are more important than all these other things. And so as you're making choices and some parents will say, we don't have time, we can't have a family night. And I'm like, because we have so many other things going, it's like, well, you should rearrange some priorities. You, mm-hmm. you know, you should look at things and make some hard choices if you know what the goal of parenting is, right? And so I think just to really make it a priority and it's not the religious like, oh, we get it right and we have every, we've checked all the boxes because we definitely, our family doesn't check all the boxes, but we know we're on mission <clears throat> and and we do make the big decisions. And we have said no to travel soccer and to playing basketball one season and to other things in certain seasons because we knew that that was not the best for our kids' heart and their walk with the Lord because of the people they were going to be around, because of the time, our family time because of other things going on in our, in our family. And so, um, so I, I mean, it's kind of a long answer to your question, Tony, but I think it's an important thing that I want to just encourage parents. It's not a negative thing. It's a positive to go, God put us in families for a purpose. And the way you have a close relationship with your family is by spending time together. And the way we can influence our kids is we spend time and spend time seeking the Lord. And that can look like a lot of different things, but to make that a priority, to spend time seeking the Lord consistently. Yeah, that I think that's a really helpful answer and very practical for our listeners yeah. as well as ourselves. Yeah, I would second that. And we, I don't know if we're busier uh, as far as the amount of commitments we have than we've ever been. It feels like we are, are continually getting busier and, you know, trying to, people feel the need to have their children in so many activities to pad their resume for when they get into college, Yeah, you know, so they can get a good job, get a good education, have a good family, have plenty of money, this kind of thing. And again, those things are by themselves not wrong, Um, but it's not quite seek first the kingdom. And so it takes wisdom to know what does that look like for our families, but I appreciate your voice in that. Yeah. Well, no, and that's exactly right. Like each of the individual activities, and we want the, what's best for our kids as we, and we want to see what God's put in them. Talents. Hey, we got to try things out. So we're going to try this activity and this thing to find out who they are. But then to not let those things, those things can e- easily overtake your life where you're not in the driver's seat anymore. That you're, we're just mm-hmm. running around chasing, like, okay, we're chasing something and, and, Playing off that scripture, you were just saying, Ben, it's like, you know, um, that's my life verse. It's like, do not worry. Say, what should we eat? What should we drink? Or what should we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly <laughs> Father knows. So the world is running after all these things, and we start getting in that race. We're like, we better chase this. we got to go. But it's like, but if we seek first God's kingdom for our kids and with our kids, then Jesus is going to take care of their needs, ultimately. And so we can... That's the place we can rest. And so we need to be guarded against. It's like, man, I'm doing everything 
Like it's getting, and we've definitely, the reason I can say that is because been there, done that. (laughs) (laughs) But like we're chasing after all these things and the Lord's really impressed on my heart one time when that verse is like, the Lord's like, that's you. You're chasing after all these things, seeking me first. And he just called me back and tuned me back into him, you know? And so I think that that's a good thing for, it's good to assess where your family is and say, okay, how can we be in the driver's seat to say we're going to manage our time so that we're accomplishing the things that are the most important? That's yeah, really, that's a good analogy. Are you in the driver's seat, or are you just being driven around? And as an extension of that, and you you've mentioned some things, but would you say anything else about? I mean, scripture memory is very helpful for uh, parents, for children, for the family as a whole, establishing an identity together. But mm-hmm. what else is involved? in getting God's word into our kids. Because I know you're also an author um, Mm -hmm. of a book called Dedicated, and I have not read it. I'd like to, um, but I've looked through the table of contents and seen some of these things. You have a whole chapter about God's kingdom. Um, So what all else is involved um, besides just memorizing Bible verses? The scripture memory part, you know, you can work with your your kids on that. That's a big part of the children's ministry at my home church that we do scripture memory. But it's really just— unpacking and helping the kids understand and apply. You know, I think that's where it's like we can have these verses and our kids can even be able to stand up and say, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean your understanding. But like, okay, what does that mean to trust God? What does it mean to trust? And so to have spiritual conversations, to me, scripture memory can be just a great jumping off point for to have these conversations. One of the things we've created in our ministry, they're called family worship guides, but there's one for almost all of our albums. And we just share stories from our families, my family and my brother's family that are the core seats families. um, And just share like things that have happened to us and unpack the scripture, but kind of apply it to life. And like, here's how we've experienced the scripture or here's some struggles that we've had. And here's how God used this word in our lives. Um, But I think just to take, those scriptures and really the practicality of God's word, like God's word is our, is our roadmap for life. Right. And it gets sets good, healthy boundaries for us. Like to teach our kids, it's like the reason God doesn't want us to sin because it breaks our relationship with him and with others. And the most important thing is that we love God and love others. And so like God sets these boundaries, not because he wants to, take things away from us, but he set t- a time and a place for things. And so it's a teaching point, right? And so we can give them, but God's word gives us these healthy boundaries and and what's ultimately, what's best for us in our lives is like the best thing for us is our relationship with God and then to live in loving relationship with others. You know, those are the, and so God's saying no to this over here because no, that's going to hurt other people or that's going to damage relationship with God, and so I think just to try to use that as application and to help them say, okay, what does this mean to kind of have those, to create understanding in their hearts of, of what the gospel is, what it really means, and, and their need for it. But on their level, whether that's a four-year-old level, you can basic, you know, eight-year-old level, 13-year-old level, and then like our kids, you know, moving into young adulthood, the conversation you can have conversations at every level, but they're very different, right? But the four-year-old still, there's some laying a foundation of this is who we are, and this is that God's word is truth. And then 
as they get to be in the teenage years, helping them process for themselves and ask hard questions and walk through those with them. And now uh, to kind of assess uh, churches and the faithfulness that you have seen in this, how well do you think churches are doing at helping parents to make disciples of their own children? Uh, And are there any changes that you think need to happen? Can I take a deep breath on that one, Tony? (laughs) Yeah, you can take two deep breaths. You know, there's different challenges that, that different generations have dealt with, and obviously wars and safety. I mean, you know, you go back through history. Um, but I I think with technology, you know, it's so hard. There's, people are just so distracted and, and, and just and – there is. In, and I'm speaking about America now. But just there's a busyness that's pervasive in our culture. And, and there is – I mean, Ben, you mentioned it, but there's a pressure – too. If we, we want what's best for our kids. We want to prepare them for the future. But all these things, it's like, again, just coming coming back to the, the things that are that are most important, you know. And so for the church's role in that, um, I just think it's it's challenging for families, um, for I think for churches to help disciple families. And it's something for me, being a part of children's ministry, it's it's a challenge, you know. Um, and so I think I, I don't know if it's the church. Um, well, let, let me say this. I, I get to go and serve at other churches. I see churches doing it really well. I really do. that. But they the churches that are doing it really well are so intentional, and they really reach out to the parents, and they really have a discipleship, you know, and they pour themselves into it. And, and it's, it's very thoughtful. Um, I'm saying from my experience, you know, with the families at our church, I have a relationship with the kids. Um and and some of the parents, but the the parenting events to engage the people, the parents at our church, because life is so busy and people are also struggling. There's so many broken homes. There's so many divorced families. You're just dealing. It feels so often we're dealing with just the challenges and the crises more than being on offense. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know. So I think the struggle is real. To um, to we're just trying to help parents through crises more than just kind of the discipleship model, you know, and I, th- I think a lot of churches are struggling with that. And I can just say, again, just for me at my home church, I mean, that's definitely a struggle. Yeah. I mean, what would you guys say? I'd, I'd love to hear either one of you guys speak into your thoughts on that. What do you think, Ben? I mean, certainly there has been, at least from what I've seen, a, a growing movement of trying to invest in parents and Ephesians 4 talks about, you know, the pastors and teachers, elders are to equip the saints for the works of service. And so one specific area, one of the biggest areas that parents are called to follow Jesus and make disciples uh, and do those works of service is raising their children in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And so Mm -hmm. more more focused attention, like you said, that intentionality uh, of of how to to disciple those children, because I think a lot of parents have not themselves been discipled and so then connecting it it just they don't really have the category for that um so i'm thankful for what i've seen i think there's still a lot of work to be done and i I certainly don't get around as much as you do um and i live in the buckle of the bible belt um so we've got churches everywhere but there's still plenty of of brokenness uh even within the church so yeah, uh, Tony, what do you see up in the mid-Atlantic? Yeah, I think in general, from pretty much all the places I've lived in, you know, contexts where I've engaged in, I think there's a lot of 
the mentality of the professionalization of discipleship within the church. And I think that's created a situation where I think the church often sees the key uh, to reaching you know, children and youth is going mm-hmm. to be making sure that parents get their kids in the right programs at the right times. Uh, and not as much, you know, doing things like equipping parents for family worship, as was done by the English Puritans, for example, as was done by Charles Spurgeon uh, and the likes of that. Uh, And so, and it's not bad that we offer these things. I think it's wonderful in so many different ways. But I think that the church needs to really make a push back to realizing that even the ministries that we do offer, I like to describe it as the B team, uh, you know, the 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 church's children and youth ministry or the B team that that encourages and supports the parents in in their primary duty. Uh, But also, I mean, I think we need to provide resources and and even things like seeds that can so easily go into the home to help the parents to see how they can uh, be the primary disciples of of their kids. But I think that there has been a sizable uh, growth in that capacity. I think, mm-hmm. I mean, books like yours, uh, some great calls to family worship in general uh, have been published in a way that they probably weren't 20, 30 years ago. You know, uh, we weren't as active in our ministry, of course, back then. But I think even you look at publication yeah. history, it just wasn't as much of uh, a push. The onus was often more upon, you know, take them into these programs. Uh, so I think that we're doing better, but I think there's still a lot, long way to go in this. You guys that I, I do tell parents is, you know, if you truly desire for your kids to have a relationship with the Lord and parents, Christian parents want that. There is a desire. There's no question. Yeah. But I tell them the most influential person in your child's life is their parents. Amen. And that's by God's design. And so the best way for your children to develop a relationship with the Lord is through you. And you, it could be your youth pastor, or children's ministry director, lead pastor. Someone else could, quote-unquote, lead your child to the Lord. But it, ultimately, it's it's what you're doing at home and you modeling it and teaching it and making it a priority. That will have the greatest impact. Yeah. You know. And so, and I think just for parents to kind of think through that and own that and go, okay, that, that makes sense to me. Yeah. And you know? I think, you know, as those who are in the front lines uh, and, you know, local church ministry and stuff like that, you know, we do see cases, you know, somebody might come to the Lord uh, through you know, a youth retreat or uh, mm-hmm. a VBS or something like that. But if the parent is actively discipling uh, their kids, you know, I think it needs to be understood that. Uh, all that really is, is, it's like the outpouring of, you know, parents have been pouring water into a glass yes. you know, for years. And then, you know, we that by God's grace, we put the last few drops and now it's uh, out, overflowing out. It's not really overflowing because of what we did. If anything, you know, we just uh, added the last little bit and that thing. But right. the primary onus is always supposed to be on the parents. And the parents have the clear impact that we never can as as I mean, even your ministry uh, for all the great that it done. I mean, nothing can impact like a parent that is really dedicated to discipling their kids. Yeah, well, and you know, one of the things that I, too we've encouraged parents to do is, you know, we've invested in like church camps and different things like that to put our kids in those, especially in the teenage years. You know, put them around other Christian kids and put them in with the youth leader and try to put them in those right. That's also strategic parenting. <laughs> yeah, it's using yeah. the resource of the church to go. Hey, we're going to make sure, even if we've got to stretch a little bit to get both of our boys to this winter camp, we're going to pray and 
Sometimes, yeah. you know, the church the church will help, and our church does scholarships for half. You know, it's like, hey, we're, but we're going to do everything we can in our power, to, and we have to get our kids to those things. Yeah. Um, and I look at that, and I encourage parents to say, hey, that's an investment. You know, we all yeah. want to invest in the future. That's good. A lot of times in the church, when, when those opportunities come for your kids, and they're like, hey, can I go to camp? And you're like, working through the budget, you know, I would say sharpen your pencil and go back to the numbers and pray and go to the church. And if there's any way, you know, to get your kids to those things, because they really do. That's part of the discipleship to me is putting them in those places. Yeah, that's good. That's good encouragement. So kind of changing gears uh, and talking to some about your ministry in general, um, the music industry has changed quite a bit just in the last few years about how people get their music. Um, and I'm always behind the curve on this. I just have never listened to a whole lot of music. I, I grew up driving around in the car with my dad listening to talk radio, and I just thought that's what everybody did. Uh, <laughs> You're like, this, so, music, this music on the radio you speak of, how does that work? Yeah, (laughs) how'd the band get in there? Um, So anyway, uh, I mean, I really didn't like start listening to my own music until I was about 17 years old. Um, So I'm just kind of weird in that regard or one of the many ways. But how have those changes in the music industry affected uh, seeds, things like streaming and and all that? Yeah. So, Ben, you were destined to have a podcast. I, mean, <laughs> I guess so. Talk about discipleship. All this talk radio, and now it's for good. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, I will say this. I'm laughing as you're asking me this question, Ben, because the Lord has provided for us to just reinvent the ministry over the past five years. And my brother, um, God called my brother out of the business world. He was a youth with a mission guy for a lot of years. Then God called him in the corporate world. He's very successful and built a business. He's an incredible marketing guy. But then that season of his life ended and God called him to help seeds. This is over five years ago, but it was necessary to make this huge transition through technology from CDs and DVDs were primarily a resource-based ministry. We are a nonprofit, so we, but most of our revenue comes from the sale of our resources, and and so we, and God used him to grow the ministry and expand our tent and reach more people than ever before. But then this change over to streaming, there's a lot less revenue that comes from streaming than from the sale of CDs, DVDs, videos, and so we've just had to kind of navigate some of those things, and we've had some donors giving more to our ministry has been part of it. And we were kind of going, okay, continue to buy CDs and kind of pushing against streaming for a while. But you realize like it's just that's where things are going. <clears throat> and so we realized, okay, yeah, we really just have to be more phasing out these little, you know, round circles. Just people aren't putting them in DVD players or CD players. But what we've realized is over this past year, I think the Lord's just shown us this time to take this step. And so we've really started promoting streaming and with our ministry to say, please stream our music. And of course now with, whether it's Alexa or Siri or how, whatever the, these different units people have in their homes, you know, you can say play seeds, family worship, and you can have scripture playing. I mean, it's, there's never been an easier way for people to get God's word in their home. You don't have to have turn anything on. You just ask for it. And I've stayed in people's homes. And, and so and and actually, um, because we've been getting so many more streams, the, the streaming revenue has actually been very beneficial for the ministry. Now we're we're seeing the benefit of 
the the other side. But the bigger thing and the thing that's the positive that I think the Lord has for us is our, we want to get God's word as many homes as possible around the world. And we've seen the expansion of where our music has gone. You know, we get a, videos from this ministry in Indonesia. There was a Bible college in Indonesia and they were their whole Bible college was singing our song Savior that was written for a vacation Bible school. And all these young people are going, S-A-V-I-O-R of the world you know, in Indonesia. And we're like, I'm watching this video and I'm just like, how does this even, you know, because there's families all over the world, but to say God's just expanding the reach through technology. And so what an incredible opportunity for us as a ministry to be able to reach. We are reaching more people than ever before in the history of Seeds with God's Word through music. And so the technology that's been very challenging for us, to put it in a kid kid way, it's kicked our bottoms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but but just continue to move forward in faith. And, and we've always said with Seeds, like we're a praying ministry more like, Lord, this is your ministry. You started it. It was your idea. It came from the church. And when it, everything has a season, you know, and so as we transition, okay, Lord, is this the end of the season of Seeds? And But the Lord, there's been several of those moments over the past 16 years and God's provided. So this is another way where God's provided another bridge for us um, that people have come alongside of us and, and he's given us different ideas that keep us moving forward. So I'm super thankful for that. But yes, it's definitely been um, a transformational time for us as a ministry. So you're saying from that increased revenue from the streaming that there's going to be a Seeds Family Worship private jet as you guys go on your tour dates? (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you want to to hear something funny in in regards to that, so the first call that I got back when I was back from Christmas was – a gentleman that is a believer that has a company that has a private jet and and said, you know, my family's really been blessed by seeds. I want to do something for my community. Could I pick your worship team up in my private jet and fly you to come to an event for us? (laughs) Which, which of course, you guys know because Uh I'm a man. I said, absolutely not. We need to drive a 15-passenger van because that's how we roll. No. (laughs) Uh Wow. So, yeah. So, no, I'm just kidding. So, yeah, so we will be actually doing our first worship event nice. in a private gym. So if you see that on the internet, just – just <laughs> be like, he wasn't kidding. Uh-huh. Like prosperity gospel. <laughs> yeah. So, oh. But it will be the first time in 16 years, just so <laughs> – Okay. Only the best for God's anointed, I guess right? Is not too bad. No. Only the best for God's anointed. You know, uh, the now that's uh, that's funny. Yeah, uh, with the next question, I actually uh, before I ask it, I was um, thinking you're mentioning the DVDs and the CDs and and how that was really the basis of a lot of your ministry. Now, I imagine a lot of listeners of the podcast primarily listen on streaming services, uh, and I want to encourage people to check out some of the great DVDs. Um, our kids love them. Our kids literally. We last night we were having family worship, and uh, we were singing one of the songs. And our kids start doing the uh, hand motions to them uh, because they remember them from the DVD. Hey, that's awesome! <laughs> and I think it can be really helpful in that way. So, uh, but. I actually, I was on, before we got on the podcast, I was actually on Spotify looking at uh, your disc, discography. Uh, 
discography. I don't know how to pronounce that word. <laughs> Whatever. That's right. That's right. Discography. Discography. Yeah. It's a weird word, really. I'll add it that's to make this less awkward. But anyway, <laughs> uh, I, it seems like you release about uh, 60 or 70 albums every week. Uh, so I imagine the answer is going to be <laughs> yes. Uh, are it's you like cur- John Piper's books. Yeah, yeah exactly. right. <laughs> Yeah. Are you currently working on any new projects or do you have anything new releasing? Uh, not just in the next 24 hours, too. <laughs> you know, the past few years we have put out a lot of music because we've been writing um, for Answers in Genesis curriculum. We've been writing there a curriculum that goes through the whole Bible for four years. And so we've been writing for for that curriculum. Plus, we've been writing songs for their Vacation Bible School. And they have incredible resources. They're committed to the word. They love seeds. They've been huge champions of ours. And so they've provided for us to make a lot of music. And so, yes, we, we have a really big year as far as music that's coming out. Um, in March, March 6th, we have a release of our new album called I Believe. And I'm so excited about it. It's just a high-energy, joy-filled, you know, test testimonies are just what does it mean to believe in jesus and john three thirty six is the title track whoever believes in the son has eternal life you know and so and the song ends up with the anthem at the end going i believe i believe i believe i believe i believe in the son so it's a it's a testifying of just believing in in jesus and so so that album's going to come out and then we actually have another album that'll come out in the fall um called power and and again, it just we've been writing a lot with the curriculum, with Answers in Genesis, but just really focused on Jesus. And there's so many scriptures about the power that we have in Christ and walking in victory and the good news of the gospel, even as we face challenges. And so I'm actually going to be recording a gospel choir in Nashville next week for the title cut for that song. So we're... And we just did a drum line in for one of the other songs, Not Ashamed of the Gospel, last Friday. So we're kind of right in the middle of both releasing an album and recording at the same time, which is not typically how it works, but it just is kind of how our schedule has fallen. And um, because we're making a lot of music and because of technology, like you're saying with Spotify and other streaming services, you can put out kind of just a lot of music and get it out. And it's beneficial just rather than to wait, you know, we've been making a lot of songs. So we're just putting them out to people hoping to reach more and more families and of course to have more scriptures for people to learn. And so, so those are our two big projects. And then we're going to be doing, I mentioned the Trust Jesus tour we did last year, but we're going to be doing an I Believe tour this summer. So we'll be going to five or six different kind of hub cities and then doing a group of events around each city or area. And so, so we're setting that up right now. So we feel like it's, it's going to be a great year where our team is excited and, you know, everybody's working hard. We have a very small group of people um, just that work hard and diligently to, to accomplish the mission, you know, but, but we love, we love to do it. That's awesome. That's great. So getting that, that private jet fired up, getting ready to go. I mean, we're getting, we're getting the, (laughs) we're actually, we call it the private van. We actually do have, we own a 15 passenger van. And so that is our, that is. Okay. And I would, we were out on tour last year, you know, and again, I mentioned like with my family, with my, my niece and nephews. And I thought, okay, this year I, I'm 40 and I'll turn 50 this year. And I'm like, okay, here's this 49-year-old dude. I'm out living the dream. <laughs> I'm like, this is what most people do that are musicians like me in their 20s. But I'm just like, right. but 
But I go, who gets to go out and do this with their kids? Who gets to go out and share? And for family ministry to be done by families, like that's seems providential. Like God, like okay, God, that makes sense to me. That families yeah. go out and 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 our kids got to share their testimonies. You know, as we shared the gospel, our kids would share how they came to the Lord and some of their struggles. And so it's really neat to see God use all that. You know, by a fifteen so passenger how- van, you mean a homeschool wagon, right? <laughs> <laughs> it is a homeschool wagon yeah which we can relate with our people right you know we have that we just kind of have the and it's the classic white just exactly what you'd think you know <laughs> and we, we did put you it gotta to get the some test. rims on it or something oh, yeah we, we put it to the test because we went over we had an event in vale colorado and then we just went over that like the highest highway you know in in the country and we got our trailer and it was at the beginning of the tour so it was all loaded down with our instruments and all the resources that we had and my 21 year old son's driving and he's going he's got it floored and we're just like going slow you know and he's looking at me he's like dad is this okay is it gonna i'm like i don't know son let's just see what we make (laughs) (laughs) i I mean i see sam i was going so i guess this is kind of how it works and so but we made it over that we crashed to the top of that thing and and the journey continued. Nice. Of that. So the, the van was faithful. <laughs> Very good. Well, so Jason, how can people connect with Seeds, um, listen to the music, find out more about the ministry, host you guys, or even support the ministry? Yeah, absolutely. So the best place to go is Seeds Family Worship, SeedsFamilyWorship.com. That's our core. Everything about the ministry, you can you can actually listen to music there on our website. Um, you can get all the resources uh, Tony was talking about with the DVDs and the hand motion videos and for both church versions and home versions. We actually have a lot of other resources. Um, my brother's aggregated other great family resources like some a book from Louis Giglio called How Great Is Our God that talks about you know the greatness of God and science and some of the ministry that they have. But we've we found some incredible resources Um in addition to seeds that you may say, oh, this works great for us to share this book or do this devotion. So there's a lot of things that the things we've been talking about here on this podcast can help you do those things. That's what we want to come alongside families and help them accomplish their most important job is to help their kids walk with the Lord, you know? And so seedsfamilyworship.com. And then we do encourage you, if you've got Spotify, Apple Music, you know, if you have an Alexa in your house, say Alexa, play Seeds Family Worship, you know, we'd love people to be streaming seed songs all over the world it does bless our ministry and then if you're interested in us coming for an event all the information's there on the website um, because we're still putting our dates together we're going to be figuring that out in the next two to three weeks Um, and any way we can you know come alongside and and definitely for people that would like to support us all the information's there in the background of who we are and the mission and, and what we do so well, Jason, thanks for the time today. I uh, really enjoyed it. I think you're the first person we've had who started singing on the podcast, but you're the first, you know, person who's like a primary musician. So it fit. It was great. Um, but yeah, we we enjoyed it. Yeah, it's just kind of part of my my flow, and I I always speak in metaphor too because I'm a songwriter. And so, you know, it's kind of like I ended up sometimes like there's so many metaphors. It's kind of like, what are you saying? You know, but that's just how my <laughs> that's how God made my brain to work. But yeah. So, well, hey, you guys, I I just want to say to both of you, um, so thankful for what you guys are doing. I mean, it's so important for us to help families to stay committed to the truth of God's word. And with our church, we're committed to the word, but just what you guys are doing 
through your podcasts, to build up families and to build up on God's word. I just encourage you guys because it's such an important ministry that God's called you to. And, and we all need to be helping families to the gospel and that God's word is, is where we find truth and we can believe in it and rely on it and depend on it and that God is faithful. And so I love what you guys are doing. And it's an honor for me, honestly, to be a part of the podcast. And I have had a good time. Thank and you. So it's, We've it's, had a great it's time. It's all good, but I so appreciate you guys and uh, just appreciate getting to be a part of this today. Thank you. It's we been a lot of fun. appreciate the encouragement. All right. Thanks so much, you guys. Wonderful. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Theological Family Ministry Podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, please give us a review on iTunes and share the podcast with your friends on social media. All new episodes are available to listen to on Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, Spreaker, and iTunes. We hope you have a great week, and join us again every first and third Thursday.